MMA give you an adrenaline rush? Does the sweet science of boxing and the wars of MMA make you leave your seat? What if we tell you that a sport exists that takes the best from MMA and boxing? Started in 2018, BKFC is one of the fastest growing combat sports in the industry, organizing fully sanctioned bare knuckle boxing. For the first time since the 1800s, BKFC has drastically climbed the ladder and found its place in the hearts of millions of combat sports fans. Join us on ES FanCast as we sit down with David Feldman, president of BKFC, and dig deep into his matchless journey of giving the combat sports industry its multi-million dollar future. Does the technique apply? Hello there and welcome to the ES FanCast. ES FanCast is an interactive podcast experience that helps you get to know the person behind your favorite sports celebs. Not only do we bring you the most in-depth chats from those closest to your favorite sports, but our brand new platform also gives you the full ride with live interactive polls, on-the-go reels, and infographics that give you the essential story. Look, it was 2018 when one man had a vision. His out-of-the-box idea has paid great dividends, and five years later, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, or BKFC as we know it, has gone on to become one of the fastest-growing combat sports promotions in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Further ado, let's welcome the founder and president of BKFC, David Feldman. David, welcome to the FanCast, man. Thanks for having me, Noah. Man, it's uh, it's great to be here. How, how you how how are you right now? How how your how's your spirits? It's good, man. We have a huge show coming up in about uh, in eight days from now in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're getting really prepared for it, so we're on the office after uh, after you know stuffing our faces yesterday and enjoying some quality time with the family. We back in the office, tying up some loose ends and getting ready to end the year in a big, big way. Big, big way. And we will certainly dive into it. But I want to extend my congratulations to you. You know, you were recently featured in USA Today's list of top five entrepreneurs in 2024. You shared that list with some really big names, man. How do you feel about that? That's incredible. Now, humbling, you know, very honorable um, honor for me, man. It was awesome. You know, I never really expected anything like that when I started this journey. But, you know, here we are. We work really, really hard. And to be um, to be mentioned ever on a list like that is very, very humbling and unbelievably um, makes me very, very happy and makes me just want to work harder, man. So it's it was it was really, really great to read that. And, you know, I loved it. Were you a guy when you were younger that wanted to be on like the Forbes 30 for 30 list was that ever did you even fathom being on a list like that when you were younger I mean you know you know man I had a really tough upbringing a really 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 tough upbringing and I wasn't you know if if they would say what are you supposed to end up in in life I was you know if people would have talked to me back then I would have been a criminal or a drug addict or not that I never done drugs I'd never done anything like that but that's that's what I should have been right and I ended up wow playing a lot of the odds and working hard. And then I, then I had a goal and then I did say that I wanted to just do something different. I've been in boxing my whole life. I've been in combat sports my whole life. And I said, but what can I do that's actually going to make a big difference here? That's going to make a difference for the fighters, for people, for my team and for myself, like what's going to be the difference maker. And I created bare knuckle fighting championship. And it, um, a lot of people were very, very excited about it. And I said, this is it, man. Let's just go. And, you know, there's some days where, you know, it's it's a roller coaster ride. You have you have really high highs and really low lows. But um, you know, if you if if you really stick to your guns and stick to, you know, exactly 
division that you have, you can't let anything upset that. And, you know, that's what we do. And that's why we're here. And we are really growing at a super, super fast pace. And I'm so excited about where we are and even more excited about where we're going next year. The the timing of this interview, like I'm like a kid in the candy store because we are at an awesome point uh, in this journey and getting ready for the King of Violence bout, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. So there's people that for the essentially sports, there's a huge fighting fan contingent. But for those that are watching, just learning about the the BKFC, want to know more from the founder and CEO's perspective, your own words, what is bare knuckle fighting championship? It's it, it's the um, most exciting, fast paced combat sport on planet Earth. It, it certainly is. It, it's the most relatable as well. And what I mean by relatable is everybody in the world knows what a bare knuckle fight is either someone has thrown a bare knuckle punch they've been hit with a bare knuckle punch or they watched someone do it at some point in their life so it's a very relatable combat sport with them and if they watch it it is so exciting it is so fast-paced it's really i think the best thing that happened to combat sports i i peg it for we're in two we're coming up on 2024 now so i peg it for today's add society right everybody needs short stuff everybody's yes focusing over here they're focusing over there well i got five two minute rounds and half the fights end in knockout so our average fight is five minutes you're not watching a fight for 36 minutes you're not watching a fight for 25 minutes you're watching a fight for five to seven minutes and it's the most exciting product in combat sports, right? You you hit the nail on the head. I've really explored how short form content has taken over media and, and how we live in an ADD society. And for you to tailor the fights to this ever-growing market, I think it's pretty smart. Do you think that's what separates you between a UFC, a Bellator? I think, I mean, we do a lot of things to separate us, right? We're our own lane. We're not we're not MMA. So we are bare knuckle fighting. It's just a whole different aspect. We're not, we're not doing jujitsu. We're not doing kicks or elbows. We're doing punches, old fashioned yeah. bare knuckle punches, what everybody's used to. Right. And that's what we did in a very professional manager manage, sorry, Matt, um, in a very professional platform with all the top combat sports athletes throughout the world, whether it's boxers, MMA fighters, Muay Thai fighters, kickboxers, whatever they are, from whatever genre they come from, they come into Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, they take the gloves off, and they get down, man. And it's exciting as hell. And the fighters love it because it's not beating up their whole body in training. They're not doing the kicks. They're not doing the jiu-jitsu. They're not, they're not busting their body up the whole entire time. They're just really focusing on their hands. Yes, they get some cuts. Absolutely. It's a little bit of a bloody sport. It is. I think that's what makes it so exciting. But us at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, we treat the fighters like they are our number one commodity because they are. So we treat them right. We give them other ways of making money. We treat them as human beings. They're not numbers. They're actually people. And that's how we treat them. And I think that's why so many combat sports athletes throughout the world want to join our organization. For the casual fan watching that that may not understand how dynamic this sport is, would you say taking a punch bare knuckle uh is worse than sort of with the with a certain type of glove on well you know so superficially right a perception of somebody talking about bare knuckle fighting will go oh ooh, wow right but yeah as far as 
head trauma as far as concussiveness, subconcussive damage, facial fractures, hand breaks even, we have less injuries than boxing or mixed martial arts or any other combat sport really for that matter. The only thing we have more of is uh, cuts, is lacerations. So aesthetically, it looks a little worse than anything else out there. But as far, you know, when you really talk about damage to the body, it doesn't give you the same type of damage that these other combat sports do. So, you know, are you going to trade off a cut for head trauma? A lot of people will. Some people won't. And, you know, sure. the people that were the ones that that we have in our organization. And, you know, some of our fighters are the most beautiful women that you've ever seen. Sports Illustrated cover girl, um, Paige Van Zandt. Like, we have some beautiful women that fight in bare knuckle fighting. So it's not just someone that the perception. Like, I always say perception because – Everybody says, what's my biggest obstacle? And I go, just perception, breaking the perception of what it is. And then when they watch it, they're like, wow, it's nothing like I thought. It's actually really well organized. It's awesome. Yeah. It's professional. And it's fun. Yeah. So but that's really the biggest challenge. Yeah. Have you, how have you learned from the other fighting leagues? Obviously, we know about the UFC, PFL, Bellator. You know, how's it been? Um finding your way in the in the fighting sports ecosystem with them and how, how you know how do you get gain that competitive and competitive advantage in in different ways you know what it is honestly we just focus on ourselves and not saying that we don't look at what pfl bellator ufc are doing of course we do but we focus on ourselves. and i think some other organizations are saying we're going to be the biggest combat sports organization where we're going to take the ufc down we're going to do this we're going to do that but they're focusing on someone else. So they're not focusing on themselves. I'm focusing on myself. I'm focusing on BKFC and the growth of bare knuckle fighting. Listen, June 2nd, 2018, we became the first legal sanctioned and regulated bare knuckle fight ever in the history of the world. So a lot of people have heard of bare knuckle fighting back when John L. Sullivan fought and all right. these other legendary bare knuckle fighters fought, but it was never regulated. It was never sanctioned. It was never even legal. So we became the first. The reason why I'm telling you that is five and a half years later, there's 65 bare knuckle promotions in 16 different countries around the world. So the sport is growing. It's not just BKFC is getting to be a big competitor in combat sports. The sport of bare knuckle fighting is now really, really growing. And in five to 10 years from now, you know, it could be the most widespread combat sport on planet Earth. Wow. That's um, big plans. And I I love the vision. There's, it's no secret why, you know, you're a top five entrepreneur to look out for next year and currently right now. Can we get a sneak peek behind the curtain of David Feldman, the promoter? What does it take to run this stuff, man? The challenges, managing the fighters. It's it's tough, man. It's a roller coaster. Look, I, when I started this thing, like I loved this thing's like a baby to me, right? And I've done a lot of different businesses, but this thing is like a little baby to me that I literally nurtured from an embryo all the way up into this big, you know, adult now, what it is. And because of that, any little thing at the beginning that someone would say negative was like a knife in me. It was like, oh, oh, now I, I don't listen to the naysayers. I don't listen to, you know, what people are saying bad because most of the people that talk bad about bare knuckle fighting are people that never watched it, right? It's their perception mm. again. We go back to perception. Perception. So I think the real reason is, is I, I just, I see the prize at the end of the day. I know where it is. I know how to get there now. Um, I've learned from so many mistakes. We've made so many, so many mistakes, man, but we've learned from each and every one of those. And I think that's why we're able to really focus right now. And in 2024, we're going to, we're going to go from doing 
34 events worldwide to 58 events worldwide, 30, 34 events in three countries to 58 events in nine countries next year. So the growth is really, really overwhelming. Um, it's it, it's going at a really, really fast pace. And I think it's the reason that we're able to succeed, like I said, is we focus on ourselves. We focus on treating the fighters right. We focus on giving them a different platform. We focus on promoting them the way that they need to be promoted and giving them an opportunity to really essentially be a partner with us instead of just be a fighter for us or be an employee of us. Talking about staying on the fighters, David, do you see an edge, like a different edge between a BKFC fighter versus um, any other combat sport? Is there a different sort of edge you need to have to succeed in the BKFC? You just got to be real tough. Like it's it's a tough sport. It is like it's not a tough sport where you're getting hit and you're seeing white flashes and you're getting knocked down, which you do. It's a tough sport where you get hit like you hear this. Right. And you get hit in the in the eye and it's a different pain. It's not like a ooh, I feel woozy. It's like, ow, that hurt. So you just have to be yeah. a little tough. You have to be able to endure just a little bit more pain than in the other sports. Um, and I think that's what really separates our fighters from any other fighter around. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, once again, David, like when we think about combat sports, it's hard not to talk about what Dana White has done growing the UFC. Um, he's made it into one of the biggest things in combat, in combat sports. Um I see a similar trajectory here with what you're doing with the BKFC. Do you think it's fair to say that you and Dana have, have shared sort of a similar trajectory and, and sort of you growing, you know, the BKFC? I think so, because these other promotions, right, these comp competitors, competitors to UFC, PFL, Bellator, one fighting championship, they're another promotion. Right. So they're they're launching another promotion and they're trying to compete with another promotion. We launched a whole entire sport. So Dana White didn't actually launch it, but he took it. He took the bull by the horns and he grew this thing into the juggernaut it is today. So whatever anybody says bad about him and what he's done, his personal life, you know, that's on him. Right. But at the end of the day is the guy built this little tiny thing into a major, major sport. Really, he built MMA like there wouldn't be all these MMA gyms all over the world if it wasn't for the UFC blowing up the way he did. So I definitely see how people could say that there are some similarities absolutely you know if i could grow this thing into half of what the ufc is you know i hit a grand slam in life and and that would be an amazing thing take my hat off to everything that he's done and everything that he's built with the ufc and i definitely follow his footsteps in certain ways and we do things a little different in other ways so all in all yeah absolutely i think he did a phenomenal phenomenal job of growing the ufc david you and dana no doubt have this similar, you know, have share this similarity. You guys really nervous between a, a, a big fight and the fighters facing off. You know, you and Dana, I've seen the same face. Hopefully nothing pops off during the face off. You know, that's that's a, that's something that, uh you know, you both share, man. Because like, as I know, the, I can only imagine how you feel when Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez are are facing off right there. And I'm looking at your face like, oh, boy. Absolutely, because you're get you're getting so close. I'm not so much nervous about the fight as much. I'm a fighter, man, and honestly, sometimes I'm I let go. Man, I wish one of these guys would hit me so I can hit him back. Like sometimes I'm like, I just want to fight, right? But when yeah. it comes to this, it's like a little scratch on the guy's eye or or the wrong the wrong 
injury, the little tiny injury he might get from being pushed the wrong way could end the whole entire fight and the whole entire promotion. And that's that's what I really get nervous about. Like, oh, man, I hope nothing breaks down right now. And we've done all this hype for this fight, and now it's going to blow. So that's that. You know, that's the main thing I get nervous about. Absolutely, man. Hey, I I can sympathize with that, man. You, you know, yeah. all, all the hype, and you don't want anything to, to pop off. Um, and once again, thank you for joining the stream. For people watching this stream, please take part in the interactive polls in the feed. Let us know your views. Uh, once again, we have the interactive polls here on the Essentially Sports Fancast. You know, check it out. Let us know what you think. David, we got to talk a little Pennsylvania, man. We, let's do a little tra time travel. You know, you born, you're, you know, you reside and born in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, can you walk us through some of your, I know you had a tough childhood, which you've stated. Any great memories growing up in, in Pennsylvania? Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many different memories. I mean, Super Bowls, World Series that I've been a part of and was, was, was able to go to some of those games and just meeting so many people from boxing from Philadelphia that they're legends like Smoking Joe Frazier, Bernard Hopkins, a lot of different pro football and, and baseball and basketball players. Just what I met through the journey of boxing being in Philadelphia. But Philadelphia is like you got to be a little different to, to be from Philadelphia and, and to succeed in Philadelphia, not just to be from Philadelphia. Right. But to succeed in, in, a, in a tough town like Philadelphia, you know, they say in Philadelphia, they say even, you know, they call it the the bums. They say even the bums on the on the corners can fight in Philadelphia. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to be able to have a different type of attitude to make it in this city. It's not an easy city. It's not an easy suburbs to come from. And, you know, you have to just have a little bit different of an edge on you to be able to make it. And I think, you know, I'd lo love being from Philadelphia. I've been all over the world. Literally, I've been all over the world. Fighting has taken me all over the world. And I always end up, I, I grew up in this one town called Broomall. I grew up in, in my dad's house. I got married. I moved three blocks. I got divorced. I got remarried and moved three blocks. Then I moved another three blocks. Like I literally just, I I'm not leaving. Working. I love it. Listen, I love traveling. I love going all over the place, but I feel at home here, man. And, and this is my home and I love being here. You're like that. You, you, you're like the Leonardo DiCaprio of Philadelphia, the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Would you would you say Philly is like the fighting capital of the US? Um, not in terms of matches because Vegas, but in terms of the people. I think it was. I think it was. I think now there's a lot of different cities that are that are really coming up, like Albuquerque, New Mexico, for instance, Denver, Colorado. They're all becoming real big fight hubs. Um, as far as training goes. So there's a lot more around the world now because really hats off to Dana White again because he made MMA so popular that that these fighters are training all over the world. Now. So, you know, definitely grew up in a in a time where when I was sparring and I was fighting in Philadelphia and I was sparring in the gyms, it was a it was like they call them gym wars. Like it was a war every single day. It wasn't like yeah, throw a punch, let's work on this exercise. It was like you went and you banged in that ring every single day and you went to war every single day. So it was it was different back then. But I think that um, I think there's still a lot of really, really tough guys around the Philadelphia combat sports scene. Um, a, a few world champions now, a few guys um, in, in the UFC that are doing really, really good. So it's a uh, it's, it's definitely a different place to be from. Yeah, absolutely. David, best Philly cheesesteak spot. In your opinion, where do I you need to go what? in Philly? No, the crazy thing is, is 
while I was going through my careers and my roller coasters and right before I'd launched bare knuckle fighting championship, while I think I, you know, I, I, in my journey, I got turned down by 28 States. And I think around my 24th state, I actually, my team actually did the first ever Philadelphia cheesesteak festival. So you're actually asking me a question that I really know. We had a hundred your wheelhouse out there. I would say um, there's a, you know, there's some big names out there that people heard of before, like Patch and Geno's, which are good. But I think yeah. Phillips, Phillips is a great steak and Steve's Prince's Steaks. There's probably two of my favorites, two that people really, really like. They take really good pride in making their sandwich. Like it's not just let's throw the steak on and let's get this roll. There's so much, there's like a different amount of nooks and crannies in the roll. Like it's so funny what, what I learned through doing this. So you actually asked me a question that I actually really know. And I'd say Phillips or uh, Steve's, but if, if I had to do it, I I would go to Phillips. Hey, I I, I get sense out a pro or, or an expert when a, when a, when I'm around one. You know what I mean? For people watching that, like if you have not had a Philly cheesesteak from Philadelphia, man, you are missing out on American. That's America right there, man. That's oh, America. Um. So obviously, we know Philly in, in Pennsylvania is super close to your heart. Um, and so here's my question. So 20, David, 25 American states have given approval to host BKFC events till now. To my understanding, Pennsylvania is not one of them. Why do you think your home state is still hesitant to accept a sport that is vastly rising right now? And you happen to, you know, to be originated from. I think it was more of a personal thing. Um, my uh the the commissioner that was in pennsylvania for boxing i got along with him well but he didn't really get along with my brother and i think that he just didn't want to give me a chance um there's a new commissioner in there now and we're hoping um we're going to a meeting in december and we're hoping that we get approval on on that at that meeting in december you know fingers crossed it happens and we do our first show here in april or may of, of 2024 that would be great I mean, I think it's a travesty that we're not allowed to do it in Pennsylvania at, at this point. I mean, we're showing that we're doing everything right, that the fighters aren't getting injured, and that's it's exciting as hell, man. And for them not to give us a shot, you know, I feel a little a little um, certain way about that. But I think that I do think that now they 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 see the light, they get it, they understand, and I do see us being legal, sanctioned, and regulated here sometime in um, late spring. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a subject that hits close to home home for you. But David, bare knuckle foxing in Philly—that's like peanut butter and like that that it just that has to happen, right? <laughs> it happens every day on the corners, man. It has to happen. <laughs> yeah. like, regulated a great show with great fighters, and Eddie Alvarez, who's fighting for the King of Islas Championship, re resides from Philly. So you know, it'd be great to have him on one of the cards as well. Man, no doubt. No doubt. I hope that I hope we see in 2024 some some Philly bare knuckle fight, uh, Philadelphia based bare knuckle fighting championship event. That would be I awesome. Think I think we will. Okay, absolutely. Who who lives with you right now? You still um do you you know? Can you talk about your family? Who's who's working with you? Uh, living with you from uh, BKFC HQ. Yeah, I mean, I'm here with uh, actually right now. We got Nate, our matchmaker. We got Dave Cranton, who is my uh, my right hand man, my assistant. We got Dave Junior, who's my son. He's also the executive producer of the BKFC shows. He's the chief operating officer. Um, 
got Rob Rises who do, who does our marketing. Uh, Nelson Lopez does some international recruiting. We've got literally, I mean, I can go on and on because we got we we went from four employees for the first two and a half years to sixty seven employees now. So we're we we've grown quite uh quite rapidly, and I've got so many really great guys on my team. Because if you're not a great guy or a girl, you're not going to last on my team. Like you have to be a good person and have a great vision, and also, you know be good at what you do, obviously, but really work hard. Like you got to work right. hard. And that's all that I just asked for is a great work ethic. As long as you're really trying hard and you're accepting help, man, you're going to be a part of this team. And not one person has ever quit on me. Not one person in this whole entire five and a half year run. So I think it says a lot about our organization and and how we're growing things. It says a lot about you and uh, how loyalty has been so integral in, in you building this thing. And I think people have a healthy respect of your journey, what you've gone through. One thing, including uh, refinancing your family home to to showcase a particular event. Can you walk us through that story, if you don't mind, telling us like how that whole thing came about and what you had to do to to yeah. accomplish? Yeah. Absolutely, man. It wasn't like I went and got my home appraised and refied my home, but I, I took personal loans out that I had to personally guarantee and, you know, essentially bet everything I had in my in my life on on the events and I've done that probably eight times to ten times so far but it, you know we, we were at points in in the um in the company where we didn't have the money you know we're in the middle of raising like life-changing money for us right now but before we had that opportunity before we really turned the corner you know it was event to event to event and just trying to find funds to be able to put on the next event and grow this thing I think the, the the thing that hurt us a little bit was like we just grew so fast. So when you go when you grow fast, you have cash flow issues because you're putting four shows in in the time frame you were putting one show in before. So now you have to come up with money for four shows. And by the time that money comes in, just cash flow becomes a problem. And yeah, man, I bet on myself. Listen, I bet on myself time and time again. I uh I'll continue to bet on us because I think BKFC is the future of combat sports and I'm going to continue to bet on us until yeah, I either completely succeed or completely fail, but I'm going for it, you know, and I, I encourage people out there that might be listening to this. If you have a dream and a vision that's realistic, go for it, man, go for it, but only go for it. If you're willing to bet everything you have on it, really, because if you're not, you're not going to work as hard to get it there. Right now, I knew yeah. how hard I worked and and what I was willing to do to make to make this thing happen, and that's why I knew that if I bet on myself, it, it would succeed. But, you know, we did an event April 29th uh, of this year. Conor McGregor showed up. It was a phenomenal event. Some major major people showed up in the house, and yeah, you know, it was, was it was BKFC 41, right? Yeah, that was absolutely yeah yeah. So that was the event that um you know we were short, and I had to do what I had to do, and. You know, I, I gave every emotional speech to the fighters prior to the fight. And they all I, I said, listen, I said, I bet on myself, man. And I want, need you guys to bet on me. And first time ever, every single fighter came up to me and they're like, yo, I am going to fight my hardest for you, because if you're betting on yourself, we got to bet on you, too. So it was it, it was really, really awesome. And look, the bet paid off. I mean, we had a smash smashing event, man. It, it, it got so many investors involved and interested in what we're going to do. And. You know, we're on we're on a trajectory now that I think is only equal to, um, you know, the same kind of trajectory that the UFC has been on. David, did Conor McGregor realize what you did to put BKFC 41 on? 
Um, I he did afterwards because he, he messaged me a few times afterwards. But prior to that, no, he didn't understand. And um, I think I think a lot of I think really anybody that was in this, you know, has to have a lot of respect for what we did to be able to pull an event off of that magnitude by by betting on ourselves and by doing it ourselves and you know funding it ourselves and and it worked out for us. But Conor McGregor was actually really cool. He said this is the best the way he talks like this is the best game I've ever seen. Like he said this is it, man. This is I've never seen anything like this live. And man, I would love to fight in it. But obviously he's he's with the UFC. That's not going to happen. But you know who knows? We are talking about some doing some other things with some of those other companies and and we'll see what happens. Man, I mean. This wasn't on the script. If we can get Connor involved with the BKFC, man, that would be something. I tell you what, that would be something. The way guys are switching between leagues, I, even though I, I'm a believer in you, David, I wouldn't rule that out. Well, really you, know, you, you, you never know. You really do never know. And we've got so many um, so many stars and actors and rappers and everybody in the world that wants to get involved now. So, you know, it's really turning a major, major corner here we had major influencer fight for us Bryce Hall now everybody else wants to fight for us we had just had some big big things happening and that happened and 2024 look out man it's going to be a sensational year for us absolutely speaking of um celebrity boxing your brother Damon is the promoter of celebrity boxing fights um a big topic conversation David when we have anyone around the fight game we always ask Celebrity boxing, getting influencers, celebrities into the sport. Um, you know, I think I know the answer. Good for the sport or harmful for the sport? I think if you match them properly against someone equal, you know, in their in their talent and experience, I think absolutely great for the sport. It it, it worked. I mean, look, Jake Paul essentially saved boxing right now. So mm. it's you think you, know, you think Jake Paul saved boxing? I think he's saving it. I think he's putting, he's getting more people to get interested in what boxing is. Did he really save it like Superman is going to save boxing? No, he saved it though. It's a point where he got other people that weren't necessarily interested in boxing. Now are interested in boxing. And I think that was a big, big move that he did. And I think that's what we're trying to do, right? Get people from different genres and different sports and different age groups and people that aren't necessarily interested in fights to come over and watch this when one of the influencer fights. And I'm telling you, they're going to love it if they like fights at all. If they don't like fights at all, they're not going to like this. But if they like fights, they're going to love this. Yeah, absolutely. So you think this? So you think for the, the professional fighters who've been training their whole lives to get to this point, you think the, tr the trickle of celebrities into the game, that's helping those guys, you know, getting, 100%. you know. Listen, anything you do. It doesn't have to be fighting, but anything you do, if you get people with millions and millions of followers talking about it, I mean, it just helps, yeah. right? And it helps if it's a great product. And if it's a great product on top of getting them, then, you know, it's it's a two for one and it explodes. And, you know, I think that's what happened with boxing. Um, you know, boxing, I, I love boxing. It's like it's like my life. I literally was born into boxing. I, I was a professional boxer. I my dad trained seven world champions. I live with fighters. I trained my whole life. I promoted boxing like boxing was my life. But it was great to see that it's not, you know, going down in flames and, and and that there is some interest in it, whether it's Jake Paul or whether it's, you know, the heavyweight champ of the world. But doing these crossover matches, doing these different types of matches are helping, um, you know, save and, and resurrect boxing. But, you know, if we have anything to do with it, we're going to get people to 
want to see the boxers take their gloves off. You think there's a friendly rivalry between the celebrity fights and the BKFC? Like, what, what do you think your relationship is between the entity of BKFC and, you know, celebrity boxing? I mean, look, it, it, we're brothers, right? So, you know, you have the brotherly love and you have the brotherly competitiveness. And, you know, in that brotherly competitiveness, you know, I, I think that obviously we both want to succeed. I don't want to see anyone fail and he doesn't want to see anyone fail. And, you know, I think he understands his sport and I understand my sport. Like I don't get what he's doing as much as he doesn't get what I'm doing as much. But at the end of the day is I wish him a lot of success. I wish celebrity boxing a lot of success. And I think it's a niche because I think people are always going to want to see celebrities fight. This is movie material. Two brothers from Philly love to fight building fighting leagues. The only thing is one guy is building one fighting league and the other guy is building a different fighting league. But but that, that's, those are interesting family dinner conversations, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, sometimes we bet he- we butt heads a lot. Sometimes we don't talk for months at a time. And then sometimes we talk every day and, you know, we just pick back up where we left off. But at the end of the day is, you know, I've got a, like I said, I got a great team. I got a great family. I got a great support system that, you know, wouldn't necessarily support a lot of other people. And I, I'd be hard to find people to support me in, in the way that I've been supported as far as, you know, um, like I said, I mean, I, I bet my whole house on this thing. I bet everything I have on this thing. And my wife stood, stood by me the whole time and said, look, let's go for it. You know, we didn't come this far to come this far. Let's go. So to have that kind of support system and to have my workers here and my employees and, and my, and my son and everybody else being a part of the team, that's willing to give up a lot of different things to make this thing a success. You know, I think that's why this thing is going to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of your wife, can you, can you shed light on her contribution, helping you, you know, recover, resurrect from, from your struggles? Can you talk about her support system? Yeah, man, she, uh, she you know, she was definitely great. She, she, she was there for me a lot. And, um, she always picks me up when I'm feeling down and, and lets me know that I can take over the world. And I think if you don't have a really um, positive, pushing, significant other, you know, you really have no chance for success because this is no easy task. This is no, it's not easy for her and me traveling four or five days a week. It's not easy for her. It's not easy for her betting everything we have on this. It's not, you know, me not being there um, mentally all the time because I'm thinking about other things. So you have to have a really good support system. And she's been really unbelievable for me. And I thank her all the time for it because without her, I don't think I'd be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, When you and Damon aren't talking about combat sports, what's, what is the conversation? (laughs) You know, it's funny, man, because we always talk like small talk and then it turns into just, an argument all the time on something because of course he's he's actually way more competitive than i am in in this but um you know he he kind of starts getting what i'm doing more and more now you know at first he was like it's a, it's a it's a bar fight it's a street fight it's not going to work and then look i mean like you said getting named in the top five entrepreneurs to watch in 2024 i mean even my brother has to has to give me some kudos on that and pay attention to what we're doing so we definitely have some arguments on on some of the different fighters and some of the different fights going on but at the end of the day is you know i you know i support him and i think he supports me as well yeah absolutely absolutely and for those supporting the fan cast and watching the stream right now please to get a quick re- recap of the best moments so far check out the clips below in the feed if you're watching the fan cast 
check out the clips below. There's some good stuff in there. Um, David, back to the BKFC, man. Um, you know, a lot of MMA fighters have transitioned, in, including Eddie Alvarez, into BKFC. You know, they could have taken the boxing route, tried to go after a Gervonta or a Davis or Shakur. You know, wh- why do you think it, MMA fighters are trying BKFC versus, you know, the standard boxing route? Because I think it's it's kind of two or threefold, really. It's like it, it it's a macho thing to do in one respect. It's like, okay, I'm going to take the gloves off and show I really am the baddest dude around. I think that's a small part of it. I think a bigger part of it is, you know, it's the wow factor, meaning Eddie Alvarez takes the gloves off and fights bare knuckle. Like when I had Paige Van Zandt fight, people were like, oh my God, she's fighting bare knuckle? Like, holy Bare knuckle boxing. Fighting bare knuckle. Now Eddie Alvarez are like, wow, he's actually taking the gloves off and he's going to fight bare knuckle? Like, it's a wow factor. And that wow factor, what that does is that gets a lot more people to follow him and be interested in him and gives him a resurrection, you know, towards the end of his career to be able to make some really, really good money and get people interested in this thing. So I think, you know, those two things are, are really, really what gets it. I mean, the other thing is he has a part of, he gets a chance to be a part of something really, really special and the beginning of this because all the guys at the beginning of this are going to be the legends that are remembered forever. And I think he wants to be one of those. And he's from Philly, right? And we said, if you're yeah. from Philly, you're probably going to want a bare knuckle fight. So he's from Philly and that was his opportunity. But I think a lot of the guys do it really, we pay very good. Right. And they have a wow factor and that wow factor helps blow up their whole entire persona. I would have liked to have been a fly in the wall to hear you pitch to Eddie Alvarez, BKFC. Man, um, you should have heard some of the pitches. It was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> some like I, the good thing is, is nobody can like, I'm the best salesman in the world when it comes to bare knuckle. There's nobody in the world. Like I sell bare knuckle better than anyone sells anything because I love it. I really love it. And I'm passionate about it. And I know where it can go. So I can sell it to these guys. And it's the truth. Like it's no, you know, no BS. It's all the truth. And because it's the truth, they buy it. And I think that's why they come over. And once they're here, they want to stay here. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about somebody who has shown early, he has some serious staying power. We got to chat about Mike Perry, man. Mike has been the face so far, BKFC, you know, but we have Eddie Alvarez here. We have Luke Rockhold, you know, in the mix. Did you expect Mike to turn into such a big star considering the UFC legends coming into your league? I didn't. I I did after his second fight with me. I was like, he's going to be a superstar now. But after the first fight, I wasn't sure if it was for him 100%. And then he came right back and he fought um, MVP Michael, Michael Venom Page in his hometown in London, England, and and beat him in a six-round war. And then he came back out and knocked out you know, stop Luke Rockhold. Um, he's got a tough test in front of him here, though. He really does. Yes. But he is, he personifies bare knuckle. He's just a rough, tough dude. He talks the talk. He walks the walk. He talks bare knuckle. He talks about being the baddest dude in, in the room. And most times he is. But he's got a tough fight ahead of him with Eddie Alvarez here um, on December 2nd. And I think if he gets past Eddie in, in a fashion that he thinks he's going to, he really proves that he's probably one of the baddest men in the world and certainly one of the best bare knuckle fighters in history. David, take me to the moment where Mike and Eddie are facing off and all of a sudden 
they start messing around and start throwing body shots. You know, I'm watching this. I'm watching it and I'm looking at your face and you're playing it cool. Like I give you that you're playing it cool, but, but can you take me to that moment? Like, you know, and what you were thinking in that. At first I was like, bang, bang. They hit each other's body. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, man. This is going to go a little viral. And then they did it a few, few more times. And they did it a few more times. I'm like, you know what? I know what happens. And someone's going to crack someone in the mouth. And I was like, all right, guys, that's it. That's it. I was like, wow, man, that that almost blew up because I could tell, listen, being a fighter, it's different. You know, your friends can mess around being a fighter. It's like, OK, you got a little good one on me. Now I'm going to now I'm going to go up top. And if they went up top, it was going to be a different story. So, yeah, man, that was that was a nervous, a nervous thing because I wanted to make sure that that fight went off. But I thought it was a great promotional moment for BKFC and for that fight because they weren't playing. I mean, they were cracking each other hard. No, I know. Yeah, it looks like you need to continue to stay in the weight room because you're going to have to do a little, little more separation, you know, you. as the, the yeah, as these continue. Um, Absolutely. And stay, staying on Mike, you know, he had a an interesting interaction with with McGregor. Uh, would would love you know your your thoughts on you know the battle against Connor. Can you set? Can you shed some light on that face off? Uh, yeah, and, sort of what happened. We knew that Cowboy Cerrone was going to be there. Donald Donald Cerrone was going to be there, and he's like, you know, he lost. He got submission subbed by um by Donald Cerrone in the UFC, and he's like, I want to get my get backs on him, so I'm going to call him out. And then he saw Conor McGregor showed up, and he's like, I'm calling Conor McGregor out, and I'm like, <laughs> hmm, like a, a split second, I'm like, ah, I'm like, you know what, do it. So he did. He grabbed the mic, he called him into the ring. And they faced off and it just went viral. It was amazing. So that was just like, that was an awesome, awesome mo- moment for us. But not just that Conor McGregor showed up and not just that he faced off, but he went on and on for the next couple of weeks about bare knuckle on his Instagram and everything he talked about was bare knuckle. So I think we made a big impression on him. I know he's going to come back to the UFC and, and have a fight. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I think Mike Perry did a hell of a thing by by calling Conor McGregor in that in, in that ring, and that that moment went viral for us, and that was an awesome turning point for BKFC. I think it was. I think it set, sets up box office in the future. Uh, I I am, yeah, I, I can't wait to to see what Conor does after his return to the UFC because you know what that this this the BKFC is living rent free over there. And uh, I'm excited to see what I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I agree. So, you know, you have prominent MMA names on the roster. Now you have obviously McGregor teasing a fight in the future. 10 years from now, where do you think the BKFC will be? I think um, it could be, it could, it could be the biggest combat sport in the world. It really could be in 10 years. I mean, if, if it goes 10 years, it's going to get the funding. It's going to get the notoriety. It's going to get the TV. It's going to get everything that it needs. And if it gets that, who knows where it goes, really? I'm not saying we're going to be there in a year, but I think in two or three years from now, because if we get two or three years, right? Like, I'm not saying we're on a chance of folding, but we're not. But if we get two or three years, that's because we got funded right and everything worked out the way we needed to get to. And if that happens, we're probably the number two combat sport promotion in the world. And then who knows where we go in the next in the next, you know, six to seven to eight years. Who really knows? It it could be the biggest thing out there. 
It really could be. Why? Because what I said to you at the beginning, it's relatable to every single man, woman, or child on planet Earth. Everybody knows what it is. So now when they can get it in their face more on television, it just becomes incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, obviously we, we ES is super excited for the future. I can't wait to see what happens, you know, you know, it, December 2nd, 2024, David transitioning back to sort of the past year, we know you're the founder of VKFC. We know, you know, you've, you've got some accolades really recently with USA today. Um, I don't think many people know you, you know, from a guy who's, who's risen from a lot of, you know, mental health battles. Can you walk us through that phase and uh, sort of how you overcome sort of the, the struggles to get to where you are right now? Sure. You know, I don't, I make it clear. Like I, I didn't have a, um, I didn't have a lot of mental health battles. I had came to a point in my life where I was diagnosed with cancer. I was, I got divorced. I got turned down by like 22 different states. I was dead broke because I bet, like when I say, when I literally say I bet everything on this, like I've had businesses and I've had exits and I've made really good money and I bet everything on this thing, everything. And I was down to under $300 to my name. And I was like, this is it, man. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to the local bridge called the Commoner Barry Bridge and I grabbed the edge of the bridge and I just said, that's it, man. I'm done. And I saw wow. this vision. Actually, it's, let me grab this picture. I want to show you. Yeah. So I, grab, I saw this vision of my mom. So my mom was like, my mom got beat up really bad when she, when I was younger, she got beat up really bad, thrown out of a car, run over by a car. And she was left to be a quadriplegic. So she couldn't, she had no use of her hands and her legs for my entire life, basically from when I was six years old. And it's weird, man. I just saw a vision of her and I was like, I ain't doing this, man. Like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing this. So I, I actually pushed away and I was crying and I got into my car and I made a video and I said, I'll never be here. But this, this picture here, this is the picture I saw. And if you can see that picture, it's just a rose, but my wow. mom had a toothbrush. I mean, a, a paintbrush in her mouth and she painted it with, she painted this picture with her mouth. So that's what I was like she can do that and I'm going to quit. And I pushed away. I got back in the car, made a video and I said, I'll never be in this place again. And I said, I'm going to the top, man. And I'm not saying I'm at the top, but I'll never be in that place again. I would never let myself be in that, in that place again. And, you know, obviously you get depressed from day to day from different things when things don't go your way, but at the end of the day, nothing's worth your life. Nothing is, it's, it's, a, it's a precious thing we have here. And you get depressed and you get stressed out and you get nervous over everything that really doesn't matter in life. It really doesn't matter, but you think it does, right? Because look, we, we do want to be successful. We want to be something else. And when that thing doesn't work out, we get depressed. And so I had, a, I, I didn't have a lot of dark days, but I had a dark moment in my life and I was able to overcome that. And, you know, I hope that anybody that's listening understands that you can really truly be or do anything in this world that you want to do if if you have a strong enough mind and you have an, enough heart to go for it. Like you just got to go. Wow. For it. And I'm not saying you could be president of the United States, but if you have something that you want to work on and you're just not sure about it, go for it, man, just go for it. Because if you, if you want it bad enough, you're going to do it. That painting almost sums up, you know, what you're saying because of how it was created. No excuses, make a piece of art. And it sounds like 
you've encapsulated that and translated that to your life. All the shit that you've gone through to be able to paint this picture, you know, it's, I mean, the story is still being written, obviously, but this journey of, of coming through such struggle, such, such adversity to now yeah, creating man. something, a work of art. I mean, that's, that's, um, that not only you, you're, yeah. That, that picture saved my life in, in two ways. Just what you just said, saved my life because it made me push away. And it's made me say that if someone that had every single thing against them in life found a way to paint a picture, she found a way. She couldn't use her hands or, or her arms or her legs or nothing. She couldn't use it. She did it with her mouth. So she found a way. And I'm like, I'm going to find a way. And absolutely able to find a way, man. And it, it, it it's amazing that I had that kind of strength in my life from someone and, you know, I was able to overcome and just build this thing. Like this is a work of art. This is unbelievable. Like this is truly unbelievable. I, I look at that like USA Today article. I look at these Forbes articles and stuff and I'm like, man, this kid, I wasn't supposed to be shit in life. Like I really truly wasn't supposed to be shit. And here I am with a great opportunity to change the whole entire combat sports world, man. And, and I couldn't be any happier. Do you keep that picture? That picture stays in your office? Yeah, that's in my office. I have one of my I have two of them. I have one in my office and one in my bedroom at home. What a hell of a reminder when when you have a shitty day. A hundred percent, man. And <laughs> you don't know how many times it saves me. Like I literally like it's it was over there and I'm literally like, man, stop, you know. Excuse, I'm not gonna say the word, but stop me in that and just go. I, man. I can't I can't confirm or deny where Cressing's allowed on the on the fan cast, but I I, I mean I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we're good, man. So yeah, man. Yeah. It helps me so many times. But you, you know, look, like I said, it's it's funny, man, because a lot of people talk about people and they, they say shit about people and, and I'm like, I'm not saying look, I don't do the same thing sometimes, but I'm like, man, everybody's got a story, man. Like you don't know what they're going through, right? You don't know if that could be the last time you ever look at somebody. They, they, you know, they want to blow their head off. You just don't know. Like you don't know what people are going through. And a lot of people are going through a lot of shit. And I did. And, you know, and I try to help as many people as I can now. And I just want to make this the biggest thing it could possibly be, man. And I think the biggest thing it could possibly be is the number two, at least the number two combat sports promotion in the world. Because, and I wanted to do that because I didn't give up and I didn't quit. And it was so many no times I, I, I could have quit a hundred times and everybody would have said, man, you did a hell of a job. I, yeah. I can't quit. I can't no. quit. Aside from your mother, anyone else that really supported you want to shout out, you know, during their hard times that were, that was by you? Yeah. I mean, my wife and my son really, you know, that they, they had my back, they, they knew what we were going through. They knew that it was a struggle and, and they were there with me. I mean, really my whole team, like everybody was with me you know, they got it. Um, my dad was, my dad had passed away and he was, he was really rough on us, but you know, he was a tough guy and, and, and he lived a rough life too. So, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't really get a lot of that type of strength from him, but I got to, got to don't quit. Like, don't quit. Don't be a pussy and quit. Like, that's what he always said to me. Like, don't be a pussy. Don't be, excuse me. I don't want to keep saying it, but that's what he kept saying. Um, yeah. And, um, so yeah. Look, Absolutely. Here I am, right? Here we are. Right. Here we I'm are. Not saying, I'm not saying we're the best thing in the world, right? But you're talking about us, USA Today. So a lot of people are talking about us. And I'm not patting sure. ourselves on the back, but I am patting myself on the back that we overcame. 
We had so many opportunities to say, forget this, it's not going to work. And we found every single way to make it work. No doubt, no doubt. And once again, thank you for, for sharing your story and joining us. And for those that are joining us on the fan cast, I'm sure you've checked out the reels. You've taken a part in the polls already. But look, we got some more. Check out our infographics. Do go through the feed and see the infographics that we provided. Um, there's some good stuff in there. David, transitioning to a fun little segment here, man. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions. There's multiple options here. You need to choose one of them. Give a one-liner reason behind choosing that option. Here's the catch, David. There's also These are also questions we've asked our viewers in our live polls. So we're going to see if you and the fans are on the same page, all right? Yep, absolutely. All right. Which one of these influencer boxers would you like to see in the BKFC? KSI, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. Mm, wow, that's a tough one, man. Um, I think I'd like to see Jake Paul in there because I'd like to see if he he's definitely learned boxing. He took it very seriously. He's done very well with that and for the sport. But, I, you know, I want to see how tough he is. Right. And that'll show you how tough he is if he can compete in bare knuckle. But Tommy Fury also, I'd love to see him, too, because he's got a, a traveler heritage and the travelers are known for bare knuckle boxing. So I probably want to see Jake Paul first. OK. Wow. So we got the majority of people voting Jake Paul. Um, really? And then and then Tommy Fury, number two. All right. We're pretty in sync right now. Pretty in sync. Let's see if it remains. Um, OK. How do you think pretty boy Floyd Mayweather would have performed the BKFC? What do you have? Do you think he'd become the champion? He would have had no chance to be KFC or option three. Don't really follow him. Um, it's kind of the, the don't have a an opinion, uh, you know, choice, but you're, you're the CEO of BKFC. I don't think that you, you can't choose that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Um, I don't think that bare knuckle fighting is Floyd Mayweather's sport. So I don't think he would do very well here. I think it, he's great at boxing, one of the best that ever did it. And there's a different type of fighting for boxing than there is with bare knuckle fighting. And I think he was great at, at, like I said, one of the best at boxing, but I don't think BKFC was his sport. Okay. Um, 56% of the people said you have no chance to be KFC. So technically we're in line with your answer. However, 33% do think he would have became a champion. So that's a, that's a, you know, the large part. Look, you never know, but he also had fragile hands and and you know he was a slick boxer so he had a couple things that that would take away from him being good at bare knuckle fighting not saying you know obviously he puts gloves on it's a whole different world okay absolutely absolutely final one here david you know what's coming who do you think will win the king of violence championship on december 2nd mike perry eddie alvarez who do you got listen noah as a promoter i can't give an answer on that I'm sorry, but I will tell you, it's going to be an unbelievable fight. I really think that people are going to be surprised at the Eddie Alvarez that does show up. But I think we're going to see in this fight, is Mike Perry really for real or is he not? And I would bet that he is for real. So I can't give you an answer on who I think is going to win. I 
don't want to sound like a promoter, but I'm going to tell you the fans are definitely going to win on this one. All right. You want to, you want to hear what they said? Sure. Love it. All right. Well, 67% do think Mike Perry is the real deal because 67% are going with Mike Perry. 33 awesome. with Eddie. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like a, a nine to one where, where nobody, nobody thinks Eddie Alvarez has a shot. So that's, that's kind of what I figured it would be about uh, two to one. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. This has been great, David. Before you go, we I got to know, what's your take on the PFL merging with Bellator uh, and its impact on the combat community? I, I think for the fighters, it's great. It's going to give them a hell of an opportunity to make more money and to get more exposure. I think it's great for them. I, I, I talked about this the other day.